Hello, and welcome back to The Dreaded Question. I'm Lily Torre, and I'm so glad to be here recording this episode. As I may have mentioned, I had every intention of ending season two of TDQ this week. But with everything going on right now, I just couldn't end it yet. And honestly, it feels like a particularly hilarious time to ask someone what they're up to. Luckily, some truly incredible humans have offered me their time, which is still incredibly valuable even if it is abundant right now, to share their stories of how they're dealing with this time, as well as what they do for parallel careers. Today's amazing guest is Tara Tagliaferro, who's an incredible actor as well as a coach and the founder of BYOS and Wander Women. In today's episode, she shares her recent experience at Maltz Jupiter Theater in Jupiter, Florida, where she was doing How to Succeed in Business before having the show officially postponed until the fall on Friday, March 13th, finishing the tech process and filming the show by Tuesday, March 17th, and returning back to NYC on the 20th. On this episode, we also discussed how she's focusing her efforts on her parallel pursuits in this time. So let's find out what Tara Tagliaferro is up to. So, Tara Tagliaferro, what are you up to? <laughs> I am liking this word right now that one of my clients came up with because I'm I'm asking it now of everyone I'm connecting with as like my starter question. So I think this is the one I'm going to bring to the table for us. She came up with the phrase holding up with a W. Ooh. Isn't this beautiful? Her name is Sharon Litwinoff. I hope I'm saying her last name right. I want to give her credit for this beautiful term, like just giving it a little bit of a deeper meaning to what it means to be in your apartment and nourishing yourself and taking a day to be bunkering down. So this term means so much more. She came up with this forever ago, but of course, like we're all holding it up. So I've been asking everyone I know, just like, how are you holding up right now? How is that process going for you? Because we've all shifted from being out and about in the public, doing our art form, doing our gigs, doing our things to um, mourning losses of gigs and jobs and being in community in the live flesh and bone to whatever our current quarantine social distancing process in this COVID-19 times looks like, Um, which is different for so many people, which I'm learning and listening to. Some people are completely isolated. They're living on their own. Some people have returned to their family. Some people are in a full house apartment. So it's just, wow. So how am I holding up? Can I answer it that way? Absolutely, you may. So I just started my quarantine um, because I just finished a gig, which we could talk about later. We were going until Tuesday. So I was working less than a week ago. Yeah. And I'll I'll talk more about that process. But there was a lot of uncertainty and what was going to happen once that gig press stopped. So we were supposed to go through this past Friday. We were supposed to go through that refining, fine-tuning the show that did eventually get postponed, but we were losing our designers come the return of this show. So we wanted to take advantage of as much time, but obviously Tuesday things shifted again. The 10 people or more thing became a part of the government um, asks of public gatherings. So we like, we're like, this is it. We got to do everything we wanted to do in this week, in this one day, which we'll talk about that insane day. That was my last Tuesday. And then I was hoping my husband could come to Florida because that's when he would initially was going to do, he was going to come fly down and see the show when we were running the show. And we had like a little mini vacation in there, like two days at a resort nearby. And it just, 
Florida was not feeling the effects. Right. It was happening slower time. So we all were in this ignorant disbelief of like, Florida is going to be fine. Right. And then that whole thing from JFK to West Palm Beach happened and that kind of erupted the disease down here. And also I think the slowness of social distancing being actually implemented yeah. is not helping. No. I think that's what a lot of states are probably realizing. Just the assumption, like I was like, we're living in an honor code system mm-hmm. of just like, if you're, I think because you're out, you're fine. Right. So I guess it's okay. You know, that kind of whole thing. So we were thinking maybe it would be easier for him to come to me, but then like, we didn't know if, if like air transportation was going to get grounded, if New York was going to go into this shelter in place lockdown, just like it made more sense for me to just get the F back to New York city. And like, that was, I think my husband called me right before we went into filming our, our, our phase one of filming on Tuesday. And I was like, I can't talk about this. I have to hang up. I can't, like, I don't even know what to process right now. But we did eventually on Wednesday, I made the decision to be like, let me just get on a plane as soon as I can. So I did. I got home on Friday. So I've been quarantined since for three days now. So it's really not as much as I think everyone else has been in this cabin fever, New York City lifestyle. But it's been already like just like I think I'm just trying to figure out how I want to exist in the space and time and how I want to be intentional with myself as opposed to productive because I'm seeing this as a time for healing my own health things that have been popping up and also like taking my foot off the gas and seeing what that does yeah so like little things I've been doing as I'm just picking certain like I've been deep diving with certain books already which feels so nice like to be like researching and just like figuring out like how my husband and I are going to move through this, like creative projects and home projects for us. I have two roommates. Um, I have one roommate, but her boyfriend is staying with us through this as well. So we're figuring out how we can like make some fun movie rotation nights. You pick a movie, we have to all watch it, things like that. So we're all trying to figure out how to make this replenishing for our spirits. And I'm also trying to see this as time to really just listen and lean in and create conversation because I think that's more important, like community over content right now feels more important because I feel like the stories I want to be listening to are the next things that are going to inform art moving forward. So I'm like really, really curious right now about like how to connect healthcare workers with artists, like having guardian artists who have their back through this because there's such a juxtaposition there of these people who are working probably more than they ever had to people who are stuck at home and in this like stir craziness. So these are all the things that have just been kind of flowing through my head, but I'm really, my goal is to, to be okay with saying, I don't know as an answer Mm -hmm. and to not feeling like I need to be doing anything that's out of alignment, like the kind of shoulds that I think we could all feel as artists, but just trying to follow the actual nuggets that feel like they're in alignment or the things that I've been neglecting that I've said I've always wanted to do, like really trying to give those things spotlights and take care of myself. Yes. Yeah. That's the hole and up that's happening right now. Yes. Thank you for that. I mean, I think what taking care of yourself looks like is so different for everyone. And that's been something I've been noticing and reflecting on so much is just how different everyone is. And of course we know that at all times. But I think, you know, I've seen this sort of 
these sort of two waves of things happening. One wave of people being like, hey, see this as an opportunity to do all those things you say you don't have time to do or all those things you've ever wanted to do or here are all these sudden new free offerings that are available to you to do all of these things. And you know that's really exciting to some people and really cool to some people. And other people are in this place of sort of overwhelm and really needing to just like take time to themselves. And so I think it's really interesting uh, what you were saying, like community over content and like whatever makes you feel connected to your community. And also what you said about being intentional versus being productive. I think that's a really fascinating way to phrase that because you can be intentional with what you choose to do in this time. Mm -hmm by deciding to take care of yourself and to practice self-care and to really do the things that you need rather than pressuring yourself to just be productive, to get things done because that's what you're supposed to do at this time and that's what everybody else is doing and that's what everyone's talking about on Facebook. And I think that's a really incredible distinction that as always, self-care is, you know, I've said this before on the podcast, you know, I define self-care as what does my future self need? Ah, beautiful, Ellie. Well, it can be beautiful, but I also think that in this time right now, we don't know who that is. That's what makes it so hard. That's why it's yeah. so hard to take care of ourselves right now because we don't know what our future self needs. And I think that's where a lot of people are feeling lost and feeling this sense of like, I don't know what to do to be productive or to move forward or to take care of myself. And I also think it's worth acknowledging for people you know, everyone is in this situation to some extent, especially within our community of feeling a sense of loss, whether that be people like you yeah. who were in a show and it's now, you know, canceled or postponed um, or people who had a show coming up that they haven't even started yet or, you know, all sorts of things is taking the time to grieve. And it's, you know, as much as we'd love to be in the place of acceptance immediately, you have to go through those first few phases first. So, I think that that's really important. Yes. I am like just – this is already just like the juice that is that you just poured on out. I'm like, mm, this is also <laughs> good. And this is like the medicine I think that can be tapped into for this time. And like there's something that's really popping out to me that when you were saying like, yeah, like going – like social media non-distancing <laughs> exactly. is like what people are doing because we're really looking at like going onto these platforms for that human connection that we might be missing right now. But there's this, there's overwhelm there too. Mm -hmm. Like it is, that's a hard, it could be, it could be different for every single person. I think that's also something that you said right at the top of this, how each of us is going to move through this is going to be so different. I want to circle back to that in a second on how we can talk about that. And like, see, that's how we can be in community with each other is like, what is my strength at a time of crisis and seeing on how that can be used for someone, help lift up someone else, how their strengths can be used to help lift you up, all that. We'll circle back to that. But the thing with, um, because I just went through some resources recently too, to be like, how do I want to show up in this time that can better my craft? Like I just... Yeah. let that question play for a little bit. And I was looking through some beautiful resource guides crafted by Actors Launchpad, mm -hmm. um, The Ensemblist. And I could feel myself though. Um, I'm also someone who like, this is a trick I do. I scroll to the end of something uh -huh. and I start at the end and go up because I cannot with feeling like there's no end in sight. I have to feel there's an end. Yes. <laughs> so I'll go down to the bottom and then work myself, <laughs> myself back. But I would all, I was already feeling like, 
whoa, this is so much to take in. And if you think about it in this sense of like, if this is real, like let's take our, our head out of the screen and we're looking at all these different things. This would be you looking at like a dance studio here, a wellness center here, you'd be actually physically and your periphery could only hold so much. Right. So you have to remember like, I often tell my coaching clients this, when everything's feeling overwhelming, just physicalize what you actually can see right now and just hold space for that actual periphery that you have. Um, And when it's feeling like your eyesight is being stretched in a way that is like, my eyes are going to pop out, bulge out of my sockets, that's when it's time to just like back off, like put up a shingle and be like, you know what, I'm going to take a pause back from this. But yeah, this all of that's a whole, that's one of the things I want to help my clients with my community with is wading through the overwhelm because Mm -hmm. that's where I naturally gravitate. When there's a lot of options, I can get lost and not do anything. I could just be in the idea of it. Like, Oh, that's a great idea. I should do that. As opposed to actually implementing something, one thing, you know, Right. I was saying to one of my girlfriends yesterday, I had got such joy out of crumbling my own feta cheese in a Ziploc because I've never done that before. I usually am a lazy mofo and just buy feta cheese that's already crumbled. But my husband was like, put that back, go get the cheaper one from the deli. We'll crumble it. We'll do whatever we need. And it's like, you know, as an, I'm someone who I look for the easiest option with food, easiest option. And I was like, I felt my resistance inside and I was like, why are you resisting? Like you literally have all the time. Right. But yesterday, just squeezing the feta cheese in my Ziploc, I was like, this is my victory today. (laughs) Like this little tiny thing is such a victory today. And that's what I feel like those little small things are going to be the things that are going to be the big things in this time. Yes. Separation and all this, you know, that we're experiencing. Yeah. So I feel like what I'm hearing is this idea that you don't have to write the next King Lear, that you can write a haiku. Yeah. Or, you know, that it's not, you can't aim for these, you know, enormous world changing, life changing acts of productivity or greatness, but you can aim for the smallest possible thing. You can do one thing that you could do today to move the needle forward in whatever direction you're trying to go. Whatever direction. And it does not need to make sense. I think yes. that it goes back to this, I don't know. Right. And I think this is what's being asked of us, getting comfortable in that. Just knowing that like, if an eternal breadcrumb was dropped, just follow it. Like, yeah. If your intuition is saying like this is interesting and there's something here, like think of that as like some like divine light shining down on you. Yep. And if it's making your imagination, like start splashing paints around inside. Yes. Go after it. Yes. Like that makes the most sense. I think in this moment, even if it doesn't, it came out of nowhere, it came out of left field, like just embrace it. And like with that, I think to allow that to happen and to give yourself permission to follow these little internal breadcrumbs as I like to think of them. I think it is important for us to have lights at the end of the tunnels that we create, because I do think that helps. Like, even if it's something as simple as like two Fridays from now, I'm going to check in with what, with all the things that were firsts that I did, like all the things that I've said that were firsts in this experience. And I'm just going to see if just giving something to yourself or like in two weeks, I'm going to check in with my family, see if they're healthy. And maybe it's time for me to have my father pick me up and go home and spend time with them. If they're feeling healthy and they need help, whatever it might be, just so there's like 
a st- like there's something on yeah. the horizon that changes things up, I think will help. And that's what I've been, I've been also thinking about, like, I am a lucky person right now because as an actor, I mean, there's nothing guaranteed right now, but I do have some hope that I'm going to return to this show that I was literally obsessed with right. um, in every ounce. Like my entire body was lit up by this show in a way that I've never really quite experienced. And I know I get to return to it and like how emotional that's going to be in return. I almost wanted to text my entire cast being like, I think the first time we do a run through again, we give everyone entrance applause because <laughs> that is going to be so much fucking fun. Cause we also have like, it's how to succeed in business without really trying. It is set up that way for people yeah. to have that kind of thing happen. So I was thinking about like, People who are on Broadway, there is a good sense for, especially the long running shows like a Hamilton situation, Wicked situation, they're going to get to return. But people who don't know mm-hmm. what that next return is, there's something there that I'm like thinking I want to create some sort of meditation of like, well, what could it be right. that you're returning to? And what could that feeling be? Even if you don't know the people you're going to be sharing with yet or the stage it's going to be on, what can it feel like? Um, Because I do feel like all that is going to be important to hold space for because we're not having it happen actually in our life right now. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what the what will look like, but you can know your why and your how and, and take this opportunity to create the what that is in alignment with your why and your how so that you do have control over whether or not you are doing something that is in alignment with you because there are no guarantees at this point of what's going to be on the other side of this and what shows are going to continue, even if you think that right now they are. So it's right. definitely a time to turn inward and see, you know, what else there could be for you. But along this line, I would love to hear more about the experience that you just had with how to succeed right. and, you know, how that all went down at your theater. Yes. Oh my gosh. And like, I literally just want to talk about this experience so much because this theater set a precedent in an unprecedented situation mm-hmm. and made us as visiting artists and the local artists as well feel safe as both humans and storytellers, like just in such an exceptional way. So I, I was on a podcast recently for the Ensemblist about this, mm-hmm. um, and I forgot to say the artistic director's name because I did not on a break, and I just was, like, so excited. I must say his name. His name is Andrew Cato. He is legendary in how he handled this, and I'm just so happy I was working amidst all this chaos and under such good care and such comforting leadership. Like when he announced our, our whole, what was going to probably happen to us, he was crying. And the fact that he let us see that, like, you know, like, oh wow, it was just incredible. So let me back up a little bit. So, you know what? I'm seeing so many freaking funny similarities with like juxtapositions. That's a word I've said three times and I've never say that word on this podcast. I never say it. But um, I found out in November I got this show and it's um, Smitty and How to Succeed has been a dream role of mine for forever. And I um, literally found out I got the role and I was so excited and then found a bed bug on my wall. Yeah. And then had bed bugs. <laughs> I remember like, that. Oh my like, God. It's hilarious. Like this whole entire process has been like <laughs> – Surrounded by the opposite of like yes. what it could be, which I can only laugh at. So I found out in November I had it. I literally like January and 
like I just spent so much deep diving time. I have to give a shout out to um, Caitlin. I hope I'm saying her last name right as well. I've realized we never really say last names. We just read them. Truly. Faye, I hope I'm saying it right. Yes, Caitlin she Faye. She's a company, um, Go Beyond the Script, and she and I work together on like dramaturgy gloriousness for the 60s. And it was wonderful. And I also just, I, I lost one of my last um, older relatives during this time. And she was someone who was obsessed with theater, obsessed. And like the 50s, 60s theater was her theater scene. And it made me feel closer to her. And it just, there was such magic in that whole process. So like just going into how to succeed, like I just was so fucking ready more than I've ever been. Cause it just felt like there were so many heart connections in it. The whole first week of rehearsals, like I didn't even talk to anybody else who wasn't in my cast. I was like completely unplugged because I just wanted to get close with these people and everyone is hilarious. So just was so freaking fun. So we we had a tight bond right away. So then like when all this, let's go to it happened. So when all this um went down, we found we got like a warning on Thursday. We had a company meeting on Thursday before the Friday the 13th. That changed everything. We had that com- we had a company meeting just giving like basically like potential. This is what might happen if right. if we are affected. But it looks like that's where we the pendulum was going to swing. Um, and this is where our artistic director, Andrew, was in tears with us. And all of us were just like holding hands. Probably the last time I felt so many hands. Yes. Holding hands. just like kind of like it's unfathomable. Like, but we, and I said this on the Ensemblist as well, we were so freaking lucky that we were in tech and this invested into our show when all of this happened, because I do think if we had just started rehearsals, canceled. Sure. If we had just opened, canceled. Right. It would have been so different. But we were in this very precious part of the process where everything was done. Like these astounding costumes were built. The set is unbelievable. Like yeah. Broadway. We kept being like Broadway, Broadway. Everything about this whole production was just like this is this is a fully realized version of this show happening in the regions of Florida. It's like beyond beautiful. That and no one was gonna get to see it just felt so wild. Right. So we were lucky with that because we found out the option was having postponement to open up the theater season in the coming year of twenty twenty one, doing a slot they've never done before. So taking a risk with us. Yeah. When people are not quite, the snowbirds are not quite there yet. So there is a bit of a risk. Right. And also offering, doing like a Lincoln Center Live kind of recording of the show that subscribers could have as something to hold them off for right now. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it is incredible. So they wouldn't um, ask for tickets back because regional theaters are really going to take a huge smack punch into the face with this. Absolutely. A lot of them couldn't afford one poorly attended show, let alone a not attended show at all. We were all I we were all joking my cast out of succeed is like everyone better get ready ready for doing Mamma Mia forever in the region because, for the rest of our lives. For the rest of your life. Because <laughs> these regional theaters are going to be affected, I think, off Broadway and regional theaters, I think, are going to as actual institutions, buildings where we go into are probably going to take it the hardest just for my own. Just I mean, I'm not basing that on any research as of right now, but that just feels, you know, they're the most vulnerable, I think, when it comes to institution wise. So like all the he already had all these ideas, which was just incredible. So all of us were just like, the words thank you just kept word vomiting, you know, out of us. Yeah. So we all felt 
so lucky to be where we were. And then Friday, everything got confirmed on the Friday the 13th. That's what we were going to do. So we were going to finish up our tech, move through that Sunday. And then the plan was to go through the rest of that week, like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, and have like our own private cast party together, record the show on on Wednesday, do two, like do a matinee production and do an evening show like we would have done anyways, and film both of them. Mm-hmm. Really clean the shit out of the dance, the dance numbers, like just really work the show. So it was in this like wonderful place to come return to. And on Sunday night, we did get an invited, we had an invited audience. So, so small. It was all volunteers from the theater. Everyone was sanitized coming in. And this was before we really took that again the next shift forward of like, whoa, right. we all need to get the fucking doors. Yeah. So this was right before that all happened. So we had a very tiny audience of local artists, friends and family and volunteers. And I said this in my reflection post on this that I put on Instagram. It was like hearing a million people applaud and it was like probably yeah. 15 people in the audience. Right. But we got to have a little audience and it was just so amazing. And what I want to like highlight in this experience that I will hold with me forever is I could have, I think if it was in any normal situation, I wouldn't have been as present because we had never gotten a full run in. We had never run certain quick changes. I was still figuring out how to juggle certain props for comic gold potential and like still figuring shit out. Like it still felt like a lot of like, and not like cemented in. And I could have just let myself be in that like, or like everything that's getting seen or recorded in the future, it doesn't feel like it's there yet. I could have let myself feel that as a truth, but I was like, who fucking cares? Like Tara, who fucking cares? Go have a good time. That's what matters right now is just allowing yourself to like literally turning yourself over to this story because it is not coronavirus. And knowing someone who wants an escape from coronavirus reality is going to watch this. Yeah. And I told some of my castmates this because what ended up happening was we ended up rushing our filming in. We, we rushed, we sped up everything because of everything changing. Right. So yeah, obviously we weren't really at a place to film yet. We were still finding things. Sure. Adding this like high stakes onto it was like, whoo. And our filming day was intense. We did two hours of just performing the big musical numbers. And then we filmed the whole show start to stop after that. So it was just like being shot out of a cannon. And yeah, it could have been so easy just to been like, what is happening? But I just, I kept reminding myself and other castmates, like think of your grandmother or like any version of like a huge, sweet, old human. Yeah. (laughs) Being on the other end of this being like, look, Fred, it's how to succeed. We could watch it on our computer. Isn't that great? You know what I mean? Like just feeling that is what we were going to be met with. Not like, oh, she lifted her right foot instead of her left. You know what I mean? They're not thinking about any of that stuff. So just trusting that that's who it was for um, in this moment and that any theater is better than imperfect theater is better than crystal clean (laughs) theater. So that whole experience, I mean, this whole entire thing has just been absolutely wild. I'm most proud of myself in moments like that, where it's like just complete surrender of that wasn't my best (laughs) or whatever, or this might not be my best and just not caring and just being present because I can't really remember a lot other than I just was so enriched 
with that invited dress we got to do with the actual hearing the audience yeah. and knowing that I was probably one of the only working actors at that moment in this whole entire country and that one of the probably the only people hearing live laughter in mm-hmm. abundance, like just t- letting those moments really hit and that's all that mattered. Yeah. So yeah, that's what this recent experience was and the theater offered us, we could stay as long as we needed to. They're just being so open arms. They want to take care of us. So some people are still there um, because they had sublets here. They also bought us out of our contract, which they did not have to do. Wonderful. I know. So, I mean, I'm going to say it because it's the true fact. We're making more money with this contract now because we're coming back. True. True. Yeah. And if, if that is what is going to happen, I mean, I hope to God, like there's something in me that says the fall I think things are going to start booming again. Sure. Um, I hope to God that's where we're at. Right. But it's like, I want to say that not as like a, oh, that's so good for you, Tara. But like, there are really good things happening in, God, juxtaposition is the word again that I'm finding in what is not so good that is happening right now with a lot of closings. Like I truly, I feel for all my friends who had things they're not going to get to do that like it's just stopped or just for right now, or they're trying to figure out how to morph it into this, like, I'm an at-home actor. (laughs) What does that mean? Right, exactly. A stay-at-home actor, sure. Yeah, a stay-at-home actor, which is like, what? This is so, I mean, but I'm living for all these living room performances. I'm so like inspired by it all. And it like makes me think of when I was a little girl and like, that was my stage, was my Nana's living room. That's like what we're kind of, you know, coming back to. And it's, I didn't get to watch that Actors Fun concert, but I heard just, I'm going to watch it. That happened last night where like, you know, you're seeing Patty LuPone in her home. Like that's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. And Seth Rudetsky has been doing like a daily actors fund YouTube live with different Broadway stars. And amazing. it's been so cool to see. But yeah, I mean, I think it sounds like the theater you're working at, uh, was it Maltz Jupiter? Maltz Jupiter Theater. Did I not even say that? Thank you for saying you did, that. But you did mention Andrew. So, you know, you covered the okay. other half of the base. <laughs> So it sounds like Maltz Jupiter was handling it incredibly well. And for anyone listening who may be thinking for whatever reason that they didn't handle it perfectly or that there's more they should have done or they should have closed sooner or whatever, hindsight is twenty twenty, And it's so much easier to know looking back. Yeah. And also for those of us who are in New York and who have been for this whole experience, we have to recognize that every state, every area has experienced this so differently. And so our experience in New York is very different than, you know, what my parents are experiencing in South Carolina or my sister in North Carolina. And, you know, having to have the empathy to understand that not everyone was having the same information thrown at them, the same experience and the same reality. So to me, it sounds like with the information that they had, that they really made an incredible decision and an incredibly generous decision. And that, you know, I love the idea of filming the show. And I was just reading, uh, I'll link it in the show notes, but Peter Shepard's blog post from yesterday was about taking this opportunity when looking at creating a remote version of whatever it is you're trying to do, not thinking of trying to replicate it as it would be not remote because you're not you're going to fail. It's not going to be the right. same at the end of the day as it would be if they were there in person. But instead, 
thinking of how you can utilize the fact that it is remote to make it even better or to make the remote version of it its own thing. And, you know, it sounds like that's kind of what they did by choosing to record it and make it its, its own version of that show. And then, you know, of course, the audience will have the opportunity to see it hopefully in the fall when hopefully everything has calmed down and the theater can return. So I, mm-hmm. I think that that's, it sounds like they have been incredibly generous and incredibly innovative and did their best to, to make all the decisions that would keep you guys safe and healthy and, you know, secure. Thank you for saying all of that because everything with, from the theater and also their response to it and like how different every response has been in this. And I think, yeah, I'm really holding space for my own responses to hearing other people's stories of like, Mm -hmm. let judgment take a back seat right now because we're all doing our best and compassion is really the only way we're going to move forward. I think in a way that at least feels good, you know, or inspiring. So yeah, because I, I will be completely transparent I was interviewed for the ensembles on Tuesday in between a break. And there was like a shock of like, wow, you're, you're at the theater. And I was like, yeah. And I didn't realize that like New York was like, like, you know, like in closed quarters Mm -hmm. and like everything had, everything was really starting to stop. Like I think bars and restaurants had just stopped that day. So it was totally like, oh my gosh, am I sounding ignorant right now? And my sounding, I, I, I contacted the host of that afterwards, just be like, I'm sorry if I sounded ignorant. And I'm, but I also own that's, that's what I felt. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Cause yeah, like everyone's process of this and how it hit them, I think has taken its own timeline. We're not as one country on the same timeline. And I think we're now maybe getting onto that same timeline together. I mean, it's wild that like, I can't think of anything in my lifetime that is connected to me to every single human being in this country. Yeah. We're all having more or less the closest to the same experience I think we've ever had. And so while we're ironically socially distanced, we are very connected in that right now. And that's beautiful. But I would be remiss if I didn't take up the opportunity to at least touch on some of the amazing things that you do outside of being an incredible theater artist. So you've already mentioned that you're a coach. And I also know that you host these incredible Wonder Women circles. So I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, like right now I'm totally in the figuring out how to embrace this remote part of this. Yes. So I have, a lot of it is ideas right now, but I feel like let's speak it because yes. I do want to make it happen. So right now, what I want to start is a pay what you can coaching um, because I know my prime audience and clients are artists and I know we're taking the biggest hit right now. And it feels right for me to offer this. Not only like, it just feels right. Like there's part of me that's like, is this the right thing? But I'm like, no, this feels right for right at this time. Yeah. So I'm calling this little coaching experiment for while we're in this quarantine times reframe to allow um, people to explore what they can repurpose their time to. It's what we talked about before, like feeling the impulse of intentionality as opposed to like, I just need to pump things out, like really letting go the machinery of our New York pace that it could sometimes feel like we get on this like really fast track and just seeing what's on the other side of that and giving yourself little goals or, and they, 
are more about the experience you have with yourself and those goals than like what actually happens at the end of it. Yeah. So it's someone to have a conversation with all the invisible gunk and junk and gems, everything that's happening in your head and actually let it all out and make something happen with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll hold people accountable in that. And like, you know, it's time to explore like where those nudges of like things that you've been neglecting that are just like health and wellness. Yep, exactly. I think it's easy sometimes to look at everyone else's health and wellness before your own Ooh. or like to compare, be like, well, yeah. I don't have coronavirus, right. so I'm okay. True. But it's like, well, what other places of your health can you explore and make a little bit more seen or nurtured or better? Yeah. It's time to really, I think, take those skeletons out of the closet. So I'm very excited to be doing that. And I think where I'll have a bigger, more community um, structure is going to be through the Wanda Room. And I'm going to really wake up that Facebook group and try to make that a retreat center for people Amazing. right now. So I've actually, my question that I've been asking myself is how is a day scheduled at a retreat center? And I want to do some research of what that looks like and try to create that for women who are again, like me, who could easily swim in the overwhelm of like, what do I do? And like, be this like seaweed, but really find the path you want to swim for the day and just be like, this is what I'm going to do. So some of those things that I, I think I have to ask Sharon, but I really want to call it Wonder Woman holding up because I I love love holding up. It just feels like we can do something with this. So some of the things I'm thinking about and like you should see my notes. They're like, they're all over the place. There's things as like the artist sense that I'm thinking about in terms of just like knowing what the questions that you want to be exploring as an artist. And I yeah. think that allows the I don't know mm-hmm. part of all of this to really feel seen because you don't need to have the answer. It's just know the question. Totally. Know the stories that you want to you want to put your voice to those words or like you feel like your voice can serve those figure out what that is. And I think that means listening is key right now, as opposed to doing, I think more so like, I want to know what's going on with these healthcare workers, what they're feeling inside, what their mental game is right now. Also reading, I'm reading Kobe Bryant's um, Mamba Mentality book right now. And I'm I'm leaning into how to translate that to like actor tongue. And he talks consistently about studying film, film study, film study. And I'm like, this is our, like, this is film study for us um, and listening. And I think when else do we really get like an abundance of time to do that? So that's one thing as an actor artist, I also not to get all over the place. I run and there's three things that I do. I have my coaching, private coaching. I have the wand room. And then I also have this thing called BYOS song, which um, is basically like bringing the circle community vibes to actor work, actor prep, and allowing actors to have a safe space. They could put something on their feet, not lose a ton of money doing so, and have some booze. You bring your book, we bring some booze. And it's it. so merry and fun. So my my partner on that, Owen Pellish, who plays, he accompanies the class. We've been talking about like what we want to do within our community. So we're creating like a documentary filmed concert, all like amazing resource lists and having some watch parties in there to keep that kind of like study, the film study thing going. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So, and like something I wanted to do for forever, that Candor and Ebb documentary that's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's been on my docket forever. Like, and then having conversations with people afterwards, Yeah, that's what I know I'm good at creating. So that's what I want to keep doing in this. So there's that side of the artist sense of just figuring out what that is. I think 
for us, the stay-at-home actor. And then within the Wonder Woman, I I know there's some women who are completely isolated, not living with anybody. And there's a lot of feelings going there. And I'm going to create a little sleepover sister program where they could connect with another sister going through the same thing. I love that. Like just to have like a FaceTime sleepover one night or something. We'll figure out what those, like the boundaries and um, structure of that could look like. But that's something I want to do. There's been some crafts I've had ideas for doing together, maybe creating signs for our windows that we could put in our window to be like, hey, neighbor, something, just stuff that like you wouldn't normally do, (laughs) but can find some creative satisfaction, community connection. Yeah. So there's just a lot of different things. And one of the big things within the Wonder Woman, I want to allow people to really see their home in a different way as well. That's going to be one of the pillars of this whole thing is like, well, since we're stuck at home, yeah. <laughs> what is home? Like, what can you, what kind of treasure hunt can you go on with your home today? What can you find? And just ask like, hey, like one question for the day could be like, pull your favorite poetry book and put your favorite poem in the comments. Love that. Just little things like that. Just keeping everyone um, milling about their apartment with intention, yeah. um, rediscovering things they've maybe forgot about here and not also feeling like you need to be doing anything. You can just- right be moving at whatever pace you want. So yeah, it's, it all feels like, like I, there's some work I want to do on this today to give this, like to push it out and give it to the world and invite anyone who wants to be in the Wonder Woman, even if they've never been to an actual live circle, because that's what the Wonder Woman, I should speak about this. What we normally do is we circle up, um, usually one to two times a month under different themes, um, sometimes under different guests, um, a lot having to do with this, where we are seasonally, where we are with the moon. Right kind of leaning into the witchiness um, of the world and the basic things yeah. in life, coming back to breath, coming back to an unplugged reality, coming back to listening to ourself, but with other humans and right. practicing, not judging other people, practicing, not assuming it's like dress rehearsal for life. That's what I love that. Like. <laughs> yes. It's just like how to be a good person um, or what your version of a good person is. Yeah. Um, so that's what circle is. So it's now like, yeah, like how to make this happen. There will be virtual ones that I'm going to start up in April. Great. Through Zoom, through all these platforms must be going absolutely bananas. My yes. husband and I were talking about this last night. Like what things are just blowing up that probably didn't think they would in a way like this. Yes. Or it's like you're a necessity. Right. So we'll I'm so just pumped to figure all of this out and just to learn and listen from my community because like people like you, Lily, like you endlessly inspire me. And I I know I have this all around me. So I know there's going to be no shortage of creativity. (laughs) That's one thing I'm not worried about. Like, no, it's probably gonna be too much (laughs) at times. So that's more of what I think. I know my wanderman too. I think it's more, what am I stepping up to the plate for to, for today, yeah. as opposed to, I need an idea. I don't think that's ever it. <laughs> sure. No, I agree. Yeah. And so I can link both the BYOS and yeah. Wonder Women groups yeah. in the show notes. And yes. And I, if just request to join and I'll put you on in. Awesome. Yeah. So obviously no pressure to join, but if you're listening to this, thinking that a sense of community in this way would be amazing for you right now, I highly encourage you to join. Well, it sounds like you are up to just a million amazing pursuits right now and that I really commend you for taking the time to sort of mourn the loss of 
your show in the way that you thought it was going to be while still having hope, remaining optimistic and continuing to move forward and to find ways to help others and use this time intentionally, not productively, and to continue to cultivate empathy and try to serve others in the way that they really need right now. I think that's really amazing. Yeah. And it's not hard. Like it's literally, I think just activating our ears in a new way. Yes. And that honestly, I think might be the mission and not for me and all of this is like, how can my ears open up in a way they have, like they may have been closed before because that's like, that's the miracle and magic of life is when we could hear something different. Yes. And it takes pressure off of ourselves from having to be the one doing the things. Exactly. I don't know if you ever feel this. I do some, get some of my best writing done or creative ideas done, listening to another podcast or reading an article. And then I'm off and running, writing something. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like that. I feel like, like just full putting that into the spot spotlight and allowing that like kind of dance you can have have a a floor. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people are really craving being heard right now because we feel isolated and alone, but I love this flipping that idea on its head and saying, well, how can you really hear someone else right now? And I think that's a really brilliant idea and especially great for those people who may be feeling some overwhelm right now or a sense of like, I can't create or put anything out there right now. Well, then what you can do is really actively listen to the people who are. I think that's beautiful. Yes. Yes. And be intentional about who you choose too. Yeah. True. Don't just choose someone because everyone else is or like it it, it doesn't feel right. It's not the medicine you need in this moment. You could bless that. Be like, you know what? This isn't for my ears. You can also be discerning about what is not for my ears as well. Like I know right now what is not helping me is people who are saying productive, productive. And I'm like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to mute you because that makes me go into a place that's not going to serve myself or anybody else. Right. And you know what? If it's serving them, fuck yes, then preach, like do your thing. It doesn't, because it's not for me doesn't mean it's not for anybody. Right. So I know that as well too. And I don't need to waste my breath on explaining why it's not for me. It could just yeah. be as simple as that. It's not for me. Exactly. No, that's a really, really important distinction. Tara, thank you so much for taking some of your time to record this episode today. I am just so glad that we got to hear about your experience and what things have been like for you and how you're choosing to work on your amazing pursuits moving forward. So thanks so much for doing this. Thank you, Lily. It's really nice to vocalize this in such a well-held space. Like, Thank you for creating such a beautiful space. I'm a huge TDQ fan, everyone. Huge. (laughs) I've been listening for a while and I love these conversations. They're so helpful. Thank you. Tara is just such a lovely cultivator of community. It was fascinating for me to hear about how all this impacted her on her contract in Florida. And I know many people listening were probably in the midst of a theatrical contract when this all started. So I hope it was helpful for you to hear as well. If you're craving community right now, I highly recommend you take Tara up on her generous offer and join the Facebook group she's cultivated, BYOS for any artists and Wander Women for any female-identifying listeners. I know we're living in a very strange time right now, and I'm over here creating episodes for you as fast as I can, but I encourage you to reach out if there's something in particular you'd like to hear on TDQ in this time. I'm so grateful to you for listening. 
I'm Lily Torre, and this has been The Dreaded Question. 